This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum. This is Yasmin Mujahid, and you're listening to Serenity, streaming live on One Legacy Radio. Uh, we are uh, now, alhamdulillah, we have completed um, the the month of Ramadan. We have, um, alhamdulillah, completed, um, you know, the fast. And, and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from all of you and, and from myself um, our ibadah, our worship during this month, our fast. And I also, um, I... I pray that all of you had a blessed Eid with your friends and your families and your loved ones, and um, and and we and we pray that it was a time of also uh, nearness to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and remembrance. Uh, one of the, you know, kind of what what a lot of us the we're all in sort of the same boat in that uh, we 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 all we go we in in the month of Ramadan we feel this this surge oftentimes of, of our nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is due to some very, you know, a, a very rigorous sort of routine that we keep uh, in terms of our ibadah, in terms of our worship. And then uh, many of us feel that we lose a lot of that once Ramadan is over. And it starts as soon as Eid, subhanAllah. A lot of times uh, we, you know, yesterday we may have been praying Tarawiyah and then today is Eid and we miss our, our Fard Salah. And this is, you know, something that we really have to struggle against, this this complete drop that happens after the month of Ramadan. We went from fasting and praying and reading Quran and, and extra prayers and, and you know, dhikr and, and repentance to you know barely making our prayers on time and this is exactly what today's show is about how do we um, prevent that from happening and how do we uh, try to continue some of the momentum that we built during the month of Ramadan uh, after uh, the, the month of Ramadan has passed and you know some reflections uh, on on the the fact of Ramadan passing so quickly. Uh, one thing that you'll always find people saying uh, is this statement uh, across the board uh, is this statement that you know Ramadan went so quickly. We feel the the you know how quickly Ramadan goes uh, goes by, um, and yet even in this is a sign for us. Even in the fact that Ramadan did feel like it passed so quickly, like it did pass so quickly in that is a sign for us uh, that our life will also pass quickly and you know just you know we started Ramadan it feels like yesterday and here we are today and, and Eid is over subhanallah and I think many people share that sentiment of how quickly it goes by uh, but but we need to really stop and reflect about it uh, that this is a sign for us about the the nature of this life in general it's not just Ramadan that goes quickly but this is the nature of dunya that it goes quickly uh, we are uh, you know, we are born one day and, you know, before you know it, you're, you know, you're, you're in elementary school and then you're in middle school and then you're in high school. And, and subhanAllah, me personally, I look back and I, and I still remember my first day at high school, in high school. And, and it just seems really, um, very close. Uh, it doesn't seem as though that much time has gone by. And yet, uh, subhanAllah, how quickly time really does go by in this life. This is a, lesson for us. Uh, do not procrastinate your 
your your journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not go slowly in your journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, you know, Ibrahim alayhi salam, uh, he would say that he was he was rushing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the attitude that we need to have, is that we need to rush in this in this journey. We can't go slowly. Uh, we we don't know when the journey ends and the journey itself will the path itself will end quickly before we know it uh, one of the things we have to do regularly is remember that we will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we need to remember death we need to remember uh, that this life is just a very very small stop on our path um, as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned uh, in a hadith uh, when he was asked, uh, you know, he, he used to sleep on, on date palms and, uh, and it would leave marks on him. And so when he was asked if, if they could make him a, a softer bed, uh, his answer was, Mali walid dunya, what do I have to do with this life? Um, I'm like, uh, a passerby or a traveler who stops in the shade of a tree for a while and then continues on, um, in his path. And that's exactly what this life is. It's just that stop uh, in the shade of a tree for a while. When we're going on a journey, um, you know, a lot of times we will, if it's a longer journey, we'll stop along the way and uh, there's rest areas. Uh, you use the restroom, you get food and it's, it's a rest area, it's a stop. But when you stop at those places, nobody, um, you know, all of a sudden forgets uh, where they're going and, and starts to just become very comfortable at the rest area uh, because they know that it's temporary. They know that it's just a stop. Uh, we're just here where we have a certain purpose. Maybe we're getting food. Maybe we're using the restroom, making, we're, you know, we're going to make wudu and pray. And we know that we have a certain purpose and then we're going to continue on our journey. But we always keep in mind what is our destination. And that destination is what keeps us going. And our destination is what keeps us from getting too attached to the rest area, getting too attached to the, to the short stop. Uh, this is what we do in this life is, is we know the rest area is just a stop and we see it for what it is and we use it for what it is. We do what we need to do and we continue on our journey in our vehicle. Um, and yet, subhanAllah, as human beings, this rest area of dunya, this just this temporary stop, has become uh, we've forgotten we've it's 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 as though a person in this journey stops at the rest area and gets out of the car and then suddenly has amnesia and forgets uh, that actually this isn't their home that actually this wasn't the final destination and it was just a stop and that's what many 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 of us that's our human condition in this life is we've gotten that. Um, we suffer from that sort of amnesia. We hear, we're here in dunya, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that this dunya is just a short meta, this is just a short um, time of, of, of um, you know, enjoyment, some enjoyment. Some, it's, it's just a, a resource for us. And yet we forget, and we, and we forget that, and we have this sort of amnesia, and, and, and we forget where we're going. Um, and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us again and again to remind us that this life is very, very short. And that when we look back at this life, uh, when we're asked, you know, we ask one another, Allah tells us on the day of judgment that we ask one another, how long were, were you in that life or how long were we there? And, and the answer is yawman aw ba'da yawm, a day or part of a day. 
Uh, this is the answer that we're going to give you and I because we it looks so short when you look back at it. But we, when we're in it, when we're in that rest area, we just forget. We forget that it's just a stop and we get so attached to it. And it's very difficult when you're in the moment to see that reality. But in order to see that reality, you have to step back and you have to widen your lens um, and, and to, to understand that, you know, it's like, again, it's, it's, it's this very narrow lens that we have. Oh, I'm, I'm at a rest area. Okay, there's some grass here. There's a restaurant. There, oh, this must be my home. Let's get comfortable. Um, and that's how we act with this life, with this world, with dunya. Uh, but it isn't our home and it isn't the final destination. It is just a stop. And we need to treat it as such, um, in, in the way that we, in the way that we live and in the way we interact with dunya and everything that hits us in this life. Um, it is very difficult when you're in a stressful situation. It is very difficult. You know, we, we, I think that subhanAllah during the month of Ramadan, we have constant reminders of this, of this reality that we have a goal and, and we have a final destination. It's constant reminders. Um, you know, you get hungry. And you're reminded, wait, I can't eat. Wait, what, but why? Why can't I eat? Well, I can't eat because I'm fasting. Well, why am I fasting? I'm fasting because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told me that if I fast, I will be rewarded. I will be rewarded when? Well, I'll be rewarded twice. At the time I break my fast and at the time when I meet my creator. So we have this constant reminder. We're reminded because we're, we're, we're going for tarawih. We're praying more. We're reading more Quran. Uh, we're praying in the last third of the night. We're hearing more, you know, remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, we're purifying ourselves, trying to stay away from the bad habits, trying to, you know, not to lie or to swear. You know, we're, we're constantly being reminded of our final destination. And then as soon as Ramadan ends, it becomes more difficult because we've removed many of those reminders and it becomes much easier to lose track of what we're doing, to lose track of where we're going. Uh, and, and we start to then again become consumed uh, by this rest stop, by this this stop um, in the shade of a tree for a while. And we start to, you know, just get so caught up in it that we actually forget uh, where we were going. And that is what we have to prevent. That is what we have to struggle against. Um, once, you know, Ramadan is over, now that Ramadan is over, this is the struggle that you and I have to um, engage in, is that struggle to keep focused, to keep focused on our final destination and to not get distracted by all those things that distracted us before Ramadan. Uh, we, we need to leave Ramadan changed. Um, otherwise, it, it really defeats the purpose. It isn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not asking us to just be hungry and thirsty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to, to change us, to transform us, to, to purify us through these these uh, rituals that we did through this worship we we weren't it isn't just um going through the motions but we're supposed to be changed we're supposed to do something differently and so we we really need to make the the conscious decision uh to stay focused and and to hold on to those habits those good habits which we have developed in Ramadan take some of those habits whether it's you know, your daily recitation of the Qur'an or your prayer in the last third of the night or your extra prayers or your fasting. We still have the fast of Monday and Thursday according to the sunnah. Hold on to something from that and be consistent in it. The Prophet ﷺ told us that 
An action that is consistent, even if it's small, is more beloved than um, than than an inconsistent action, even if it's if it's not even if it's you know considered a, a bigger action. That those actions are more beloved to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, which are consistent, even if they're small actions. So find something that you were doing in Ramadan, or if you weren't doing it in Ramadan, start to do it. But find something which is. Which is which is an act that you can be consistent in, and in that way, be able to to build that that path to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and to and to make that focus um, stronger towards your final destination. Uh, one one advice that I can give to you and to myself: never let go of your salah. Your salah is the foundation of this path. Absolutely, the foundation of this path. Your salah must be in order if we are to be successful in this life or the next. And that's something which we know from many, many texts from the Quran and from the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu told us that the very first thing we will be asked about on the Day of Judgment is our prayers, is our salah. And if that is in order, then everything else that that person will have succeeded. And if that is not in order, then that person will have failed. And you know, so nothing else is really going to matter if our salah is not in order. In order to be successful in this life and in the next, in order to stay focused on our end and our final destination, we have to make sure that the salah is the foundation of our day. And it's amazing when you reflect on Ramadan. What made Ramadan different than the rest of the year? Well, for one, um, our day was focused around the salah. For example, Maghrib time, right? Everything revolved around Maghrib time. Why? Because that's when we got to eat. So everything was now, okay, we'll do it before Maghrib or we'll do it after Maghrib. Um, we will we'll wait for Maghrib and then we'll do X, Y, and Z or we'll do it before Maghrib. Basically, what we're doing is we now are re- we re reorienting, um, reorganizing our day to be centered around the prayer. And that's the way it's supposed to be. But unfortunately, it only happens that way often in Ramadan because that's when we can eat. <laughs> but but it's to train us. This is part of our training. It's to train us that this is the way we're supposed to be organizing our day the rest of the year as well. This is the way we're supposed to be seeing uh, our day but even at a deeper level, this is the way we're supposed to be seeing our entire life. That our life revolves around ibadah. Our life revolves around our commitment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our relationship with Him. So everything else we're planning should be uh, focused in the same way around the salah, around my obligations to my Creator, around my relationship with my Creator. And then I'll fit the rest of the things in. Right, and that's the same focus we should have outside of Ramadan. Similarly, um, we need to stay connected to the words of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Ramadan was the, you know, it, it's the month of the Quran, and unfortunately, what happens is we open our Quran in Ramadan, and oftentimes we might read it cover to cover in this month, and then Ramadan passes and we close our Quran, and it stays closed. That's a problem. Um, this is like a person who decides that they're going to eat um, a good amount for two weeks, uh, three weeks, four weeks, and then not eat for, you know, an extended period of time. It doesn't work. Uh, the body cannot survive in that way. And in the same way, the heart cannot survive in that way. The heart needs food just like the body needs food. We feed our hearts 
وَلِلَّهِ الْحَمْدِ in during the month of Ramadan, we feed our hearts the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're connecting to the Qur'an daily, right? Either we're, you know, we're reading it, we're hearing it in taraweeh, it's everywhere, it surrounds us. And we're feeding our hearts daily. And then after that, we starve our hearts. But just the same way that the body dies if you don't feed it, the heart also dies if you don't feed it. So we must continue this, this connection with the Qur'an we must continue to feed our hearts. Connect with the Qur'an, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and make that be part of your post-Ramadan commitment. That, it, that you will continue to read and reflect on this book. It is not just a book that was intended to be read during the month of Ramadan in Taraweeh. It is not just a book that was intended to decorate walls, you know, on pretty, um, with, with very nice calligraphy. Um, it was not just a book that was intended to be put on necklaces or, or, or for protection. This is a book that was intended to transform our hearts. It was revealed to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This message, as the, as the Quran tells us, this message, uh, the Prophet himself Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was sent in order to purify us, to teach us this book and to purify us. We need to continue in this path of purification. We need to continue in this struggle. Do not give it up because the month of Ramadan is over. Because this path is still going, right? We're not there yet. We have to understand that we're not there yet. And what we seek is still beyond, as the Sheikh said, um, that that thing that we seek is, we, we will never get there until we reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we need to keep going. And I encourage you and myself to keep going and, and, and to, to keep on this, you know, this momentum that we, that we have Alhamdulillah, gained through Ramadan. Ramadan was your training. Ramadan was my training. And now we need to keep going and continue to feed yourself. Don't, you know, don't cut off that, that food to your heart. Uh, otherwise, then, you know, few few weeks down the line, we, we ask ourselves, wait, but how did I get here? I used to be, you know, this close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Ramadan. And, and then somehow now I feel so distant. Well, we shouldn't wonder why that's the case. Nobody would wonder uh, why a heart or why their body would would start to become weak and then and then eventually die if they starved it. You know that that it's it's a known thing. If you don't feed your body first, it will become weak and sick, and then eventually the body dies if it's starved for long enough. And this is the same with the heart. Uh, but I want to give hope, inshallah, to you and to myself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who brings life even back to the dead. Uh, Allah tells us that He brings back the dead land, the dead earth from its death. At, in the winter, the, the, the ground, the trees, they die. And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings them back in the spring. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after we pass away, Allah also brings us back. In the same way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can bring back the dead hearts in this life. If our heart has not been um, shaken or awakened by the month of Ramadan, till this point, Allah can still bring that heart back to life. We can still come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many people, they leave Ramadan and they feel very sad for a number of reasons. Sometimes we feel sad because we miss it, right? We miss what we had. We miss that nearness. And sometimes people feel sad because they feel that they had not fully taken advantage of this month. For whatever reason, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can continue to give you. And even if you were among those who lost out, who did not fully take advantage of the month of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can always give you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can even bring life to the dead hearts, just as He brings life to the dead land. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-jabbar. He is the one who mends. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can mend any situation and it's never too late to come back to Allah. Remember that Allah is the most generous. We cannot limit the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just to the month of Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is infinite and Allah is al-kareem. Allah loves to give. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-wahhab, the one who loves to give gifts. Allah can give you Allah can give you any time. So never lose hope because, oh, the month of Ramadan is over now. I didn't take advantage. Or the month of Ramadan is over now. Now I can't, you know, gather those good deeds anymore or as much. Allah is al-kareem. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most generous. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can increase you at any time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also the one who can give life to the dead land and to the dead hearts. Inshallah, we will take a short break now. And when we return, we will be uh, speaking some more about how do we continue to seek the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I will be speaking, um, you know, inshallah, Amr Sulaiman, Sheikh Amr Sulaiman will be coming on shortly. Assalamu alaikum. This is Yasmin Mujahid, and you're listening to Serenity, streaming live on One Legacy Radio. Um, I'd like to uh, wish you all a belated Eid Mubarak, and I pray that your Ramadan was um, beneficial, and inshallah, it was a time of purification and transformation. And that's what we're speaking about today. How do we uh, continue that momentum? Uh, how do we use whatever we gained during the month of Ramadan to take us through not just the rest of the year, but the rest of our path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what we have to realize is this is a path. This is, um, this is, this is a whole journey. It does not end here, it does not end at the, at the end of Ramadan, but it ends when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we need to keep going and never lose hope. Um, just because Ramadan is over does not mean that we cannot continue to seek the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to seek that reward from Allah. This is our opportunity. Um, this is our opportunity to, to, to continue to seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rush towards Allah. Allah tells us in the hadith Qudsi that whoever takes one step towards Him, Allah takes 10 steps towards them. So if we take one step towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will take 10 towards us. And the one who comes towards Allah walking, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes towards them with speed. This is what we have to do, um, especially, especially now um, that we, you know, that, that the month of Ramadan is over. We, we can't uh, give up this struggle. We may have to work harder. We may have to, um, you know, it may be more of an uphill uphill battle because everyone around us isn't necessarily doing the same thing anymore. Uh, there aren't numerous, numerous pushes and reminders, but this is part of this path that, that it is that this struggle uh, to keep our hearts focused on the final destination and to keep going. Uh, practically, we need to make certain uh, commitments to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to ourselves of continuing those practices, continuing those habits that we developed in the month of Ramadan, 
uh, after the month of Ramadan is, is passed. And, and we need to continue those things that we were doing. Uh, and, and just even if we just choose a couple of them, uh, we, we've mentioned again that, that it's about consistency and not necessarily about how uh, big the action is, but it's about consistency. We need to be consistent even if that action is small. Just choose some things you were doing. Um, continue those good habits, whether it was reading Quran regularly, praying in the last third of the night, uh, fasting, the, you know, Mondays and, and Thursdays, fasting the days, uh, the six days after. Uh, many things that we can do to continue that momentum. And, and, and continuing to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us and to seek His pleasure. Uh, now is the time that we have to really start running, uh, and, and continue that momentum and that fuel that, that inshallah we did gain during the month of Ramadan. And then secondly, it is very important that whatever habits, whatever bad habits we gave up during the month of Ramadan, let's continue to give those up. Uh, if we gave up smoking, if we gave up swearing, we gave up lying, we gave up, uh, you know, certain haram relationship. Sometimes I see people uh, who, you know, people tell me that they may uh, have a relationship with, with the, you know, that isn't pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they kind of take a break for Ramadan um, and then they continue and resume. And that isn't the point. Um, the, the point is not just uh, we take these, you know, breaks from, from certain haram actions and then return to it. Uh, because we will return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the state that we are in when we die. Um, and no one knows when death will come to them. Death can come any time to us and it will be our state at the time of death that will determine how we are when we face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and where we end up. And so we have to be very, very careful. Ramadan is not about giving things up and then picking them up again at the end. It's about purifying us so that we can we can take this journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when we meet Allah, meet Him with a heart that is sound, with a qalb that is salim. And that's what we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to do and to help us to do, inshallah. Inshallah now, I want to um, give you a little bit of um, exciting information uh, about a project that Shaykh Omar Sulaiman um, will, is launching. Uh, the website is www.ilmflix.com. That's spelled I L M Flix, F L I X dot com. I L M F L I X dot com. And this is a massive project by the Islamic Learning Foundation to produce high definition videos audio, transcription, and quality productions of many classical books in English. And Sheikh Omar is doing an entire thematic tafsir of the Qur'an and also covering the entire 23-volume work of Imam al-Dhahabi of all the companions and scholars that lived up to the 13th century, which has been d never d been done in the English language before. Inshallah, you can attend these live weekly classes with him and also contribute to the publication by signing up for, il for an Ilm Flix membership. Again, that website is ilmflix.com. And inshallah, we will be posting that in the chat box. Um, you know, check that out. You know, subhanAllah, I, I had the privilege of attending uh, Sheikh, Sheikh Omar's uh, classes in the past. Um, I, you know, some of his tafsir and subhanAllah, it was, I mean, I, I, it was one of those things you look forward to. Uh, you know, you get to go online, I mean, you know, from, from the comfort of your own home 
and you get to interact um, in the sense of, you know, this is a live instructor. Uh, he takes questions, uh, and, and, and it's something that, that really, subhanAllah, you'll find very beneficial. Um, MashaAllah, he's, he's one of those um, shuyukh who, who we have, which is, uh, it's very hard to find the, the balance, mashallah, that, that Sheikh Omar presents, um, you know, the balance of, of, of the scholarship and the, and the fiqh as well as the spirituality um, based on the Qur'an and Sunnah. And, and mashallah, I really, really um, highly recommend uh, these classes. Inshallah, do sign up for ilmflix.com. And um, inshallah, we will uh, just take another very short break now. And when we return, we will be with Sheikh Omar Sunayman. Assalamu alaikum. This is Yasmin Mujahid, and you're listening to Serenity on One Legacy Radio. We are very happy um, and excited to have Sheikh Omar Sulaiman with us today. Sheikh Omar has two bachelor's degrees in Islamic studies and in accounting. He studied in the UAE under Ustaz Tariq Rajah and in Jordan under Sheikh Omar Sulaiman Al Ashqar. Since 2008, Sheikh Omar has been under the tutelage of Sheikh Salah Al Sawi and Dr. Hatim Al Hajj. He is an instructor with Al Maghrib Institute and Islamic Learning Foundation as well as Al Mishkah University and is also a member of the Ikna Sharia Council. Sheikh Omar worked for Ikna Relief in Hurricane Katrina and, and Ikna Relief Louisiana. He was also an imam of Masjid um, Abu Bakr in New Orleans and he was awarded for outstanding civic achievement by the major um, and city council of New Orleans in 2010. He is currently teaching and um, is in his master's program of Islamic finance with the Institute of Islamic Finance in the UK and will be pursuing his PhD in Islamic studies from Malaysia in the fall this year, inshallah. Um, welcome, Sheikh Omar Sulaiman. And we are very... We are very pleased to have you. A uh, belated Ramadan Mubarak and um, Eid Kareem. Ramadan Mubarak. Uh, so we are um, talking today about a topic which is extremely important to every single believer, um, and that is the topic of pursuing the love of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Sometimes um, we we think that certain parts of of the message or certain parts of the Quran or the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam only apply to maybe certain times and places. But this is actually, um, you know, this is something that is ab- absolutely timeless. And can can you talk, um, you know, to begin with, why is it important um, that we understand the, you know, the need for seeking uh, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter where we are or when we live? Well, I think the first thing um, is that, you know, the point of rehab is not to be off of drugs while you're in rehab, but it's to be sober when you get out. And that's exactly what Ramadan is. It's, it's a chance to rehab. It, it, it is a chance to really get ourselves back. It's a chance to uh, refocus, re-energize. And likewise, when we go to the masjid or when we're, when we're in an Islamic setting, it's really a very powerful uh, quote just to kind of understand this from Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Asl, who was known for being an overzealous youth in the time of the Prophet And The Prophet actually had to tone it down for him because he was reading too much Quran praying too much at night and fasting too much to a point that he was actually becoming neglectful of his family. And uh, he said after the Prophet passed away, he said that for me to be able to do a good deed today after the death of the Prophet 
is twice as beloved to me as when the Prophet ﷺ was alive. And he says, That when the Prophet ﷺ was with us, we didn't care about dunya. All we cared about was akhirah. So it was kind of easy to be religious when the Prophet ﷺ was there. It was easy to do good deeds. But the real challenge was after the Prophet ﷺ departed. And so that shows us again, you know, being outside of an Islamic setting, being able to hold on to your iman outside of the masjid, outside of Ramadan, um, is really the true test of faith, the true, you know, a true indication that a person is uh, seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure, seeking his love, and is determined to do so no matter where he is and, and, and when, you know, uh, whenever it is during the year or during the week. I mean, it's not just Friday. So you're not a Friday Muslim, you're not a Ramadan Muslim, you're not a Eid Muslim, you're not, you're none of those things. You're just Muslim. And you're always in that state. You're always in the zone. Okay, Jazakallah khair. I mean, I think one of the, the frustrations that, that a lot of people share is, you know, I feel like this, this surge of iman, um, this nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when, uh, during Ramadan, um, and then as soon as Ramadan is over, I lose that. And, and I, what would you say to, to, to those people and how can they, uh, lo- you know, maintain that same level, um, or, or try to maintain that same level after Ramadan has passed? Well, the idea here is that number one, what we need to what we need to look at is that with Ramadan, and in fact with Tawbah, the main point is that we abandon the things that are between us and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the obstacles between us and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You know, the Salaf used to say, "Laysal khaif wa mayyaki wa yamsahu aynay, walakin al khaif man yatuku ma yakhaf wa yahasibu Allahu alayhi." That you know, a person who truly fears Allah is not one who who cries and then wipes his tears, but rather a person who abandons that which he fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call him to account for. So some, our tears should not be a form of consuming our energy so that we can feel like we've, you know, we've arrived, we've got there. And that's what, what happens sometimes with our good deeds. Um, you know, the, the good feeling that we get sometimes after doing a good deed is not the feeling that we've pleased Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but it's just a natural the natural consequence of doing something good. And likewise, when we make tawbah sometimes, uh, the tawbah might not be completely sincere because in reality, you know, we're just, you know, it's like you got your crying session out of the way. You know, it's, it was a way of, of consuming um, your energy, but at the same time, you know, it also demonstrates a lack of priority. So Ramadan is a turning point. Um, tawbah is a turning point. So the idea is, is that with any good deed, the indication of its acceptance, as the Imam al-Qayyim rahimahullah said, whether you're talking about Hajj or whether you're talking about Ramadan or Salah, is the continuation of it. Um, now, of course, that you know, you might be thinking that well, that's not very practical. So, what I would say, I mean, in terms of practicality, is that there is no way to maintain the same level that you had in Ramadan. It's it's absolutely impossible. Um, but just like dieting doesn't work, crash ibadah won't work. Okay. It's not, you can't just go all in, come, you know, go all out. Uh, you're trying to do in Ramadan is you're trying to establish good habits. Um, now that Ramadan is over, what you need to think to yourself is, I was able to pray, I was able to pray 8 rakahs or 20 rakahs or whatever every single night. Uh, you know, so why can't I go to Salat al-Isha and Jamaah? Or why can't I just pray 2 rakahs of Qiyam now? Because the, that's enough, as the Prophet ﷺ authentically said, uh, you know, من قام آيات لم يكتب من الغافلين, that whoever stands up with just praying ten with, with ten ayat, two rakahs, read Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas every single night, he would not be written amongst those who are heedless. That's a very powerful hadith because it shows you it's a very small action, 
But if a person prays two rakahs every night of the year, um, you know, as opposed to not praying, as opposed to a person who doesn't pray any fiyam throughout the year, but just prays, you know, eight rakahs uh, of tarawih or twenty rakahs of tarawih even uh, every day in the month of Ramadan, it still would not equal. It still would not be equivalent. Um, to the blessing of uh, the virtue of those two rakahs of Qiyam and then Also, we find some hadith that show us that some of the rewards that we get, um, and you know, you look at, uh, for example, the six days of Shawwal, they're truly continuation. You know, the Prophet, as we all know, he said, whoever fasts, you know, the month of Ramadan and then follows it with six or seven. And in the Maliki Madhab, Imam Malik had a very strong point where he said from, from a linguistic perspective, the Prophet that starting from Shawwal, not within Shawwal itself, but rather, you know, he, he fasted six days to accompany his Ramadan. Then the Prophet said that it would be like he fasted the entire year because every, every good deed is multiplied by ten. The Prophet also said in Sahih Muslim, uh, it is like Qiyami Dahaf, which means the fasting of a lifetime, because the minimum of a good deed is that it will be multiplied by ten. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could multiply by much more than that. So you have to ask yourself, I'm in the habit of fasting now anyway, why not start taking fasting Mondays and Thursdays? And combine the intention, because uh, voluntary deeds can have, and I, I know I'm probably getting into too many topics right now, but voluntary deeds can have multiple intentions. So a person could say, I'm going to fast the six days of Shawwal, as Mondays and Thursdays, and make it my habit, um, and get the deed for both fasting Monday and Thursday, and for fasting the sixth of Shawwal, and continue with that. Continue with two rak'ahs of Qiyam al uh, Continue with some form of recitation of Qur'an in the day. I mean, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to maintain the same level, and I think that's why people get so disappointed, because when they come out of Ramadan, obviously on Eid, you know, we party hard on Eid. Unfortunately, sometimes we party too much, and you know, our eight, our eight celebrations look like a welcome back shaitan party, you know, but, mm. uh, we, you know, it's, we, we, we get very relaxed on our eight, you know, including myself, you know, we go on a family vacation every single eight, you know, people tend to, to relax on eight, and that's okay, but, you know, I think sometimes people get depressed, like, wow, you know, yesterday I was praying tarawih, you know, I was reading Quran, now look at me, I'm not fasting, I'm digging out, I'm, I'm not watching my appetite, I'm not watching, I'm not, you know, I'm barely catching my salah. You know, what happened? And the idea is to set an expectation for yourself that is reasonable while you're still in Ramadan or right after Ramadan. That you know what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala essentially just exposed my potential. You know, he really did just expose me. Because now when I make the excuse that I don't have time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could say, you do have time. You have time in Ramadan, why don't you have time now? So, you know, that's the way we should be thinking, is what can I do now? Sa'a'i narrated that the Prophet said, The most beloved actions to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are the small ones, even if they're consistent. Just from, a, again, a practicality standpoint, it's just like, you, you know, a person who crashed diet usually gains back the weight that they lost and more, because they set an unreasonable expectation for themselves. You know, and... and Sometimes we read about the stories of the Salaf, you know, that they considered a person who doesn't finish the Qur'an every month to be a hypocrite. And we get scared, and, and rightfully so. But before I can get there, I need to at least be making sure I'm reading, for example, three, four pages of Qur'an a day. Uh, you know, I, there's some form of Qur'an in my life, and inshallah, I'll get there. I'll get there. You know, we don't want to despair, because our lives don't have as much barakah as the lives of the Salaf do. But, you know, it's, it's all about consistency. It's all about maintaining a steady program, a steady, you know, 
disciplined with, you know, for yourself that's in accordance with the Quran and the sin of the Prophet and you bring up a lot of really great points there um, one of them uh, you know talking about the, the the consistent actions even if they're small and and how for example praying just two rakas of qiyam um, can be more you know beneficial than praying 20 during Ramadan and not not praying during during the rest of the year and you'll you know when we look at like the physical reality uh, we see this 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 rule in the physical world for example somebody who wants to get in shape uh, someone who wants to tone their body um you know when they go to work out we know for example that a person who goes and um you know say they want to you know flatten their stomach they want to do sit-ups um if you do you know 500 sit-ups one day and then you don't do any sit-ups for two weeks um that's going to be a lot less beneficial than if you're doing just a few each day um and i think it's you know subhanallah it's it's the same the this the same you know the same one who who designed the physical world designed the the unseen world and it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala designed both but we see one and we understand it and we we forget subhanallah um you know with the unseen world that it has the same same rules apply and absolutely and actually the imam al said exactly that tarbiyat al-ruh tarbiyat al-jasad it is the exact same tarbiyat the way that you that you get your body in shape is the same way you get your soul in shape with, with taking small calculated steps. And I remember coming across an article recently that that showed the biggest loser. Uh, you know, where people lose, you know, a ton of weight mm-hmm. through this intense, you know, camp that, that most of them have gained back their weight. Most of them are unhealthy now and back mm-hmm. to step one, you know, mm-hmm. square one. That's what Shaitan wants you to do. You know, he wants you, and that not only do you, you know, do, do do you not do any more good deeds, but you actually despair. And Shaitan's goal is to make you despair so that you just stop trying, you know, because I've been there, I tried that, it didn't work. And the Prophet said, that everything has its maximum output and everything has its its, uh, its normal course. Everything has its, you know, its peak and its downfall. So it's high and it's low points. And the Prophet said, that whoever has his regiment, you know, according to my sunnah, then he's going to succeed. And whoever has it according to anything else will will perish. He won't be able to keep it up. You know, you'll you'll just you'll crash and burn essentially. And subhanAllah, that's that's what we see happening in the youth. You know, they get excited, you know, people jump in and they try to do too much at one time, then they just stop everything altogether. Um, so Absolutely. You know, it's, it's the same thing. You know, the way that you would train your body is the same way to train the soul. Yeah, absolutely. SubhanAllah. And this is, you know, why I love Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah. You know, he, he, he talks about these issues and, um, of, of the, you know, the, the soul and, and, and he explains it in a way that we can understand. Um, you know, we, we, we can see the physical world. Um, and a lot of times we, we understand that and we don't see, uh, for example, how it applies to the spiritual world. Uh, we, you know, in the example of, um, you know, maintaining our, our, our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or maintaining the heart, for example, you see that uh, a person would never go, uh, days without eating, right? No, a person would never say that I need to, I don't need to eat today because I ate last week. Um, and yet, you know, we, we do this with the soul. We do this with the heart. Like, um, with regards to remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we, we think that it's, like you said, there's the, um, the Jum'ah Muslims or the, the Eid Muslims or the Ramadan Muslims. Well, you know, it's, it's just like that person who's like, well, um, it's not Friday, so I don't need to eat. You know, nobody says that. 
but but subhanallah this is it is uh dhikr is the food of the heart absolutely and you know the beauty of it is that you don't know which one of those good deeds allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to accept and, and ali ibn abi talib he said that allah has hidden two things within two allah has hidden his awliya amongst the servants and allah has hidden his pleasure amongst his good deeds and what that means is that, for example, the awliya, you know, many times when we think of the awliya, the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, you know, you think of someone who's got a big turban, nice dope, you know, big beard, nice siwak, or if it's a sister, a sister that, you know, is, is subhanAllah, you know, always uh, praying and never interacting with society and of that sort. And you, you think of certain people, right? You get a you get an image in your head, but the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi explained them as akhfiyat. They're these people that are hidden, you know, it could be that your every your everyday blue collar worker, you know, a person who's uh, you know who's who's an engineer or, or, or a, you know a mother who's at home, but subhanAllah, while she's doing her household duties, she's remembering Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and she has this special relationship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That person who goes to work every day is, is making dhikr in his car, and he has a certain you know a character. SubhanAllah, that just outshines all of the messiahs. You know, it's, it's crazy, but. Those are really the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These, they're these hidden gems, right? And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explained, or Ali radiallahu said the same thing is true for good deeds. That you do so many good deeds, and you don't know which one is going to be the one that gets you to Jannah. So for example, the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned to us that I saw a man strolling in Jannah because he removed something harmful from the world. Okay. Was this man someone who prayed? Absolutely. I'm sure he prayed. You know, it's, it's obvious, you know, he's not going to get in without doing his basics and stuff like that. But it was that one moment, you know, just imagine that you're driving in your car one day and you see a, a, a you know, something on the road that could be harmful. And it's not the highway. You know, I don't want anyone to kill themselves, but, you know, it's a 30 mile per hour road or something. Or, and there are many cars and it's just you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one else is in the car with you. And you make the intention to do that for the pleasure of Allah. No one sees you. You go and you take that out of the road. The Prophet said, that's what got that man strolling in Jannah. He also said about Bilal, uh, that I saw, I, I heard your footsteps in Jannah. I heard your footsteps in Jannah ahead of me. So what is it that you do? Now we know the, the sacrifices and struggles Bilal uh, made for this deen. But what was what was it that, that got him that maqam, that got him to that level? It was two rak'ahs that he used to pray every time he'd make wudu. That's it. Like you don't know which one is going to get you to Jannah. You don't know which time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will look at you and smile. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, because of this, because of this, I'm going to show mercy upon my abd and I'm going to enter him into my paradise. So, I mean, it's, it's, that's why you stay in hot pursuit. You know, and just like, you know, subhanAllah, I always give this example to the, to the brothers because uh, we're kind of terrible with this sometimes when it comes to uh, doing nice things for our spouses and things of that sort. You know, some, if a person was to give their, their spouse, um, a large cash gift, you know, it could, it, it won't be as beloved as, you know, something that was made with, with the hands and, and the heart was in it, you know, something that was unexpected, right? A surprise, surprise flowers, or you put together some, and we're not very artsy and crafty as, as, as men, but, you know, you put together something, you know, and you, you painted something or whatever it is, you know, something to show that you really love that person. That, that would only cost you about $30, but, uh, you know, a person would appreciate it so much more because they would recognize the heart that was put into it. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his ibad, he looks for those those moments uh, where a person truly does something just for Allah's sake, not in the public eye, 
uh, you know, not in front of their, their own family members, but something that was just between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, okay, that's the deed. That's the one that's going to get you into Jannah. We see even the man who burned himself to ashes. I mean, this hadith is phenomenal to me. Uh, that, you know, Rasulullah described a man who, uh, at the time of his death, he told his children, you know, to burn me after I die, to cremate me, which is haram. It's a major sin. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises him on the day of judgment. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya Abdi, bima Why did you do that? He says, Qashaytuka ya Rabb wa anta a'lam. I did it because I was afraid of you, O Allah. And you know best. Meaning, you know my heart. You know where my heart was when I did that. And Rasulullah did not just say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him. Rasulullah said, Allah Meaning, Allah granted him jannah and forgiveness because of that deed. A haram action, a major sin, but Allah recognized his heart at that moment. Allah recognized his intention. So, you don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the whole Ramadan doesn't get accepted, but subhanAllah, something sincerely I do afterwards that would have stemmed from my tarbiyah in Ramadan, you know, is what, what gets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to, to look upon this pitiful servant on that day and to smile and to say, this servant now will be entered into Jannah. I'm going to forgive him by my mercy. Yeah, subhanAllah. And, you know, we never know what, what, what it could be. And, and part of, you know, that's really why we never lose hope. You know, sometimes you mention that when people they find that they're not at the same level, um, you know, and, and, and that, that makes people become very, very disappointed and, and it can make people lose hope and, and, and fall into despair. Uh, and I think that one of the, the main things we have to know is this, is this concept of hope, um, that, that like you said, our state, and our ibadah, our worship, our, is never going to be stable or constant. Uh, you know, as the hadith you mentioned uh, tells us that there's a, there's the peak and then there's the the dip. And and whenever you um, you feel that dip, we should we should realize that it's part of being a human uh, that we have those dips and not to lose hope. I I, I know I have emphasized this in the past that sometimes we 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 take two steps forward, right, and then we end up taking fifteen steps back. Uh, and, and what happens is that once we, you know, we're, we're taking those steps forward, we find ourselves going one step back and we just give up. So then it, it goes back to 15 steps back. So it's kind of like this, it's actually the despair that makes us fall further. And, and it's so important to, to really just emphasize the, the importance of hope and not giving up, uh, once you do, even if you do mess up, right? And, and, and you will mess up, uh, at one point or another. You, you won't always be at the same level. I love the hadith that um, where 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 Abu Bakr radiallahu was was you know was afraid that he was had become a hypocrite um, along with with another companion and the Prophet him said if you you know if you were at this in the same state all the time the angels would shake hands with you on the streets and it just you know really brings that point home. Absolutely, and you know subhanAllah, it's the fact that Abu Bakr radiallahu felt that way despite. Being you know, the one who was always at the forefront of every good deed. Uh, the fact that he felt that way, it shows you that's a man that's in love. You know, when someone when someone's in love, they always feel like they're falling short. Uh, and it's you know, and what we need to emphasize to, to, to our not just the people, but but I mean, of course, we speak first to ourselves that it's good to feel like you're falling short. It's just not good to despair. Right. There's a difference between the two. The Sahaba and the Salaf, they feared hypocrisy, but that caused them to work harder. Mm-hmm. It didn't mm-hmm. cause them to just, you know, lay dead and just say it's, it's over. 
You know, Omar bin Khattab, who feared hypocrisy more than any of us, but that caused him to stand up that night and pray more. That caused him to give more sadaqah. That caused him to do more good for the, you know, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So right. it, should, it should be a, a khashya, a comprehensive fear and love that motivates us, not that doesn't deflate us. You know, it, it keeps us moving forward. It doesn't make us think that it's all over. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Adam, you know, he, you look at him in a piece, right? They both sinned on the same day. Um, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is open to anyone. But Iblis, one of the meaning, the meaning of his name, Ablasa, is that he despaired. The meaning of Ablasa is despaired. And Shaytan, Shaytan, means he dug himself deep into a hole. He dug himself deeper into the hole. Adam alayhi salam uh, came back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a result of his fall. And he was, he's in a better situation, as Imam al-Qayyim said. As a result of his tawbah, he actually... Uh, has, enjoys a higher stature uh, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala despite having to suffer the consequences of that slip. And that's another issue that sometimes people think that uh, just because they're suffering the consequences of their sin that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not forgiven them or accepted their tawbah. And that's not true. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is purifying you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is bringing you closer to Him. And it's important to never despair, never to feel like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shut the door upon us. As the, the poet, the poet, you know, the poet uh, used to say, as there was one shayab that said, uh, you know, has anyone ever come to our door and we turned him away? No one has ever come to the door of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and been turned away. It just does not happen. And to say that, that, I, that I, I tried and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not accept me uh, would be assigning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala an attribute that he has not assigned to himself. And we cannot do that. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives guidance to those who seek it. It just, you know, people need to not be hasty. Uh, you know, just as, again, we look at the physical world, just as your body, you know, you don't work out for two days and then expect to, you know, to look like some magazine figure. I don't think you ever expect to look like that. It's healthy to look like that. They don't, they don't They don't look like you that. Don't expect <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that takes Photoshop too, but I mean, right. you don't, you don't, you don't expect after a week of working out that your whole life is going to change, your cholesterol is going to go down completely, and you know all of a sudden you'll have a flat belly and everything will be okay. It takes time, and that's what, that's the problem that people have. Is yeah. that you know as 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 human beings we're always hasty. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala described this that way that we were created with ajab. We're always always hasty. So we just need to calm down, take calculated steps, and realize that we have a Lord. That, you know, someone came to Aisha one time and said, how can I make tawbah to Allah? She said, Allah has already turned to you so that you could turn to Him. So the fact that you're considering tawbah and that you're, you're afraid is a sign that Allah has turned towards you and opened your heart to guidance. SubhanAllah. You know, SubhanAllah, it makes, you know, when I was thinking about the the way that we lose hope and um you know we, we kind of like this this defeated defeatist mentality of okay i messed up i might as well give up it it's kind of like a person who who's worried about 
um, a robber, like, you know, coming in and, and robbing the, their home. So, you know, you can react to that in one of two ways. And you, and you talked about the, the reaction of, of the salaf to the fear of hypocrisy. The, the reaction is, I need to secure it more. I need to work harder. And when you think about a person, you know, who's worried about someone coming and breaking in and robbing their home, um, it's going to encourage them to actually secure their home more. Um, it would be pretty foolish for someone to just give up and say, well, you know what, there's no point anyways, I might as well just leave my door wide open. And and, and of course, someone who does that is now more likely to be robbed. Um, and that's, you know, that's exactly what we end up doing when we give up. Because we're afraid of something, we should actually, like you said, um, you know, the example of the salaf, that, that they, they would work harder. If they're afraid that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may not be pleased with them, then it should encourage us to work harder and and you know that's that's how uh, the the pain of 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 um you know committing a sin is supposed to be encouraging us to actually work harder to to seek his forgiveness rather than um just opening the door and letting it go um and you know i i wanted to also touch upon one other uh, aspect which you mentioned earlier and and that was the the the, the aspect of aid um being kind of something like where we just like you said, party hard, too, a little too hard sometimes, uh, where we leave this, you know, we're, we're just yesterday we were praying, not just praying on time, but we were praying uh, sometimes eight, sometimes 20 rakahs of, of tarawiyah slash qiyam. And, and then suddenly it's Eid and, and, you know, we're, 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 we missed our salah because we were, you know, partying or we were um, socializing or, and, and, and the, the amount of food that we eat. And, you know, it kind of goes from complete, you know, self-restraint to, complete indulgence and there's this like shift um and you know i was just reflecting on the fact that right when we wake up in the morning and you know it's Eid and and just even what we're told to say on our way to to, to the salah and it's, it's this concept of allahu akbar right that rem- remembering allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first thing in the, you know as we're celebrating Eid is, is this remembering that allah is greater and just remembering allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and even the fact that Eid begins with the salah you know it's not it's 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 supposed to teach us that uh, that that the focus is still Allah, right? Even though you're gonna after Salah, you're gonna go and you're gonna enjoy yourself, but the focus is still Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and Allah is is greater. Allahu Akbar. Right. Alhamdulillah. And you know, it's funny because Subhanallah, you know, Muslims always say that people fight over the sunnahs of Ramadan, and no one even knows the sunnahs are eight. <laughs> like yeah. everyone fights over eight or twenty or moon sighting, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. On Eid Day, you know, it's like a consensus amongst the Ummah that that's just a day to party. But there is actually there are actually many established sunnahs on the day of Eid. You know, the amount of the, the Prophet's like so eating an odd number of dates, going to the Salah, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, you know, takbirat of the day of Eid. And the takbirat actually start from the Maghrib, the eve of Eid. Mm. The eve of Eid, the takbirat start all mm-hmm. the way until the Eid Salah, as Imam Shafi rahimahullah said. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Prophet's like so emphasizing that you should go home uh, with a different route than the route that you came to the Salah with. How powerful is that, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding that you're a changed person now. You go home with a different route than the route that you came to Salah to the Eid with. So, I mean, and the Prophet yeah. never yeah. forgot. You know, it, and there's a very powerful story that, you know, once the Prophet saw a young boy, it's an authentic tradition, actually. It's not a story. I mean, he saw a young boy who, who was sitting sad alone on Eid and, the Prophet them did not think to himself, you know, this is Eid. I've been working very hard in Ramadan. I just finished my 10 days of Antikaf being away from my family. Let me ignore him. But the Prophet them went to the young boy and actually inquired about his situation and found that, you know, the young boy's uh, father passed away and, and his, his new, his, his mother's husband 
uh, you know, I was not treating him well, and he saw the other young boys playing with their fathers, and he became sad. Rasulullah Sallallahu took a proactive action. He put his arm around them, and he said, how would you like that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi be your father? Aisha radiallahu anha, your mother, and Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, your sister. Now, subhanAllah, he didn't forget. He didn't just turn his, you know, mm-hmm. turn, you know, have the blind eye, uh, turn the blind eye on that day and say, it's Eid, it's time to celebrate. That shows you that we're awake on Eid. We're supposed to be thinking more. Mm-hmm. Now, what I will say, though, I mean, just to not depress people further, because let's face it, it is, you know, it is Eid, and yeah, we will celebrate. There's no doubt about it. The fact that you feel bad about not praying as much on Eid day is a good thing, because pretty soon you're not going to feel bad about it anymore. Right, if you didn't do anything about it, at least you feel a little guilty on Eid. That's a good thing if you're feeling guilty. Um, and you're feeling uncomfortable with not praying Salawiyah. You're feeling uncomfortable with not being in the masjid. Because hopefully then, there's still, you know, your, your sensor is still there and, and you're ready to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and start being more consistent. You know, you've tasted the sweetness of it and you want to come to it consistently instead of waiting till next year of Ramadan for an opportunity that you might not even get. Uh, the problem is, is that again, we'll stop feeling bad about it. You know, our age will pass. Oh, you know, look at us today. Ramadan was so fast. You know, we've got our one-liners about Ramadan came and went so fast. And, you know, we all, everyone talks about it, whether he's, whether he had a productive Ramadan or an unproductive Ramadan. You know, wasn't Ramadan really fast? You never hear anyone say that Ramadan <laughs> took forever. Ramadan was slow. You know, everyone says Ramadan was fast. It's, it, it went by so quickly. But feel you know, feel a sense of, of shame, you know, in a, in a positive, I don't know if shame can be positive, but it's hayat, that's one of the limitations, just the translation, you know, bashfulness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, you know, I really need to do more, you know, I really need to keep it going um, yes. before you before you just become totally desensitized. Yes, subhanAllah, I, I, I noticed that one of the reminders of Eid, um, even in you were speaking about the Sunnah of Eid and um, like of even just the, the the Sunnah of which chapters of the Quran are supposed to be recited in the Salah and just reflecting on actually those those ayat themselves are in and them in of themselves a reminder. You know, You know, it's just it's it's Eid and it's like it's not a coincidence that that Allah is saying to us to you know you you you're preferring the life of this world when the when the next life is better and more lasting subhanallah oh. Oh. yeah and, and 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 subhanallah we we um you know we we hope that inshallah all of us um you know continue to to keep that that momentum that we created um that we had you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us with rather um during the month of ramadan um it's important that we realize that our actions that you know those actions that we gave up during ramadan and those actions which we were consistent in have a direct effect on the condition of our hearts and if we can continue um you know even some portion of that as the sheikh mentioned maybe making a commitment to ourselves um, of of you know some things that we're going some of those habits that we are going to continue to do and 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 making a commitment to stay away from those bad habits that we had given up I want to um, really thank Sheikh Omar for for coming on the show Jazakallah khair continue to bless your work inshallah and everything that you're doing and bless the listeners and allow them to all inshallah testify on your behalf on Yom Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. And, and, and may you have the same, inshallah. Barakallah feek and Ramadan, um, you know, late late Ramadan Kareem and, and um, Eid Mubarak to you and your family, inshallah. Barakallah feek. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.